For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by Believe. Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia here with you for this week's edition of the show. Jasper, we have seen the Pistons play a preseason game. I think basketball can now officially be deemed to be back. How are you, my friend, after watching the Pistons get absolutely annihilated by the New York Knicks in preseason game number one? Yeah, I was going to say, I hope this doesn't count as basketball being back because that's a bad return to form for Detroit. Uh, they fell, what, 117 to 96 last night. Um, they they pretty much got beat from like the opening whistle, and, and you could kind of see that. Turned over the ball on their first offensive possession. Uh, it, it was not the, not the cleanest game, and, and certainly not the type of game that head coach Dwayne Casey said that he wanted the Pistons to play this year uh, before their their little preseason scrimmage that they had against each other. Um, he said, he's like, you know, last year was all about getting the offense together. This year it's about shoring up that defense and uh, well, uh, work in progress. I suppose uh, I wish we had Mike Aguilano with us here today. Unfortunately, he's off being a real boy. Uh, luckily the two of us have nothing better to do. So you're welcome. Pistons fans. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I don't want to waste too much time. I want to get into this because I know people are are ready to talk about the Pistons. I'm ready to talk about the Pistons uh, because I am just excited that the NBA is back. I was so excited to watch Zion play last night. Mm. Uh, I watched like the first half of that game. I then watched the uh, G League Ignite versus Met 92 game and watched Scoot versus Victor, which was all the unbelievable and more. It was just incredible. Um, both those guys have such an incredible, incredible basketball career ahead of them. It Aaron, so it's it, it's crazy because Scoot was so good last night. I, I mean, he was unbelievable. There were so many moves. You're just like, holy crap. Like, what am I watching? I almost said another word there. Uh, no swears on the podcast. Um and he could have dropped 50 points last night, and I think Victor would still be the number one overall pick. That's that's how incredible of a prospect uh, Victor Wabanama is. And, I mean, wow. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where you look at this 
this uh, preseason game and you go, well, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world if the Pistons suck again this year, right? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that comment alone is going to get the people going. Uh, <laughs> we, we should. I, I'll say one last thing on it. Was my first time watching Victor play last night, just like in like an actual game, like sitting down and watching an actual game of him. And yeah, he was he was amazing. He was amazing. Scoot, I've I've seen him before. I saw him in person. He was phenomenal then. He looked ten times better last night. Um, very excited to kind of track those two. Also, very interesting that the top prospects in this upcoming draft, none of them are are in the NCAA. I mean, Scoot Henderson is in the G League. Yeah, he's overseas. The Thompson twins uh, are playing for overseas elite. Like a lot of the top prospects and. Arguably, obviously, the top two prospects both don't play in the NCAA. I think that's very interesting. I'm curious to see how much of that trend continues. Obviously, there's so many more avenues uh, that have, have really come to life over the last few years. But now you have the NIL. I wonder how if that equals out the playing field, levels it out, or if that continues to become a trend that these top prospects are not playing uh, in the NCAA. All I need... All I know, Aaron, is that I need more Steve Hoagie fat in my life. That's all I have to say on that. Oh, great. Um, incredible name. And I think, weirdly enough, the most insane part about it is that Steve is spelled with two E's. I don't know how that's like a, like for me, even funnier than Hoagie fat. Um, just a great Awesome name. name. Yeah, just an, an amazing name. Uh, really fun game. Two great prospects, but. You know what, Aaron? We got to talk about the Pistons right now. I know yeah. I would love to talk about unicorns and and six foot two point guards that look like they're six foot six, but we have Pistons to talk about. We have our own six foot six point guard, right? We we do. We're gonna talk about him and and some of the others as well. Uh, before we do that, I hope you didn't bet on the Pistons last night. They were heavy dogs against uh, the Knicks. I think they were plus five or so and they were plus 180 plus 190 to, to, to win the game that they I absolutely didn't win i hope you're not betting preseason at all that's that's actually what i'd like to say forget the pistons don't bet preseason basketball folks please um i don't know if i agree with that because if you are betting you should be betting with bet online and bet online is our sponsor yet again of this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. So if you want to bet preseason basketball, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, the preseason started for the Pistons last night. It did not go the way that Dwayne Casey and their team might have hoped for. It was a 117 to 96 drumming courtesy of the New York Knicks. And I think we would be remiss to start anywhere else, but with Detroit's top five pick, Jaden Ivey. He was all that and a bag of chips, 16 points. 
in 22 minutes, six of nine from the field. Didn't commit a single turnover, four rebounds, two assists, a steal. Made his only three-point attempt. Jaden Ivey was phenomenal last night. And you could feel his energy on the court, which is not something that has been noticeable with the Pistons over these last few, few years. His energy and the speed that he plays the game at just made the Pistons look notably different last night. Well, 100%, Aaron. I have to say, look, we love Cade Cunningham here. <laughs> and my love of Cade Cunningham has been known long before the Pistons even drafted him. But Cade is not the type of player that Jaden Ivey is. He's not that dude that's going to run the floor and be super explosive and make all these plays that just make you go, ooh, ah, oh. Uh, He's going to do the right things on the floor. And that was the whole point of drafting Jade and Ivy, wasn't it? To give you that other look. The guy who's going to run in transition, who's going to get steals, who's going to dunk the ball, who's going to beat three guys off the dribble and finish in traffic. And he looked exactly like the type of man that you wanted to draft with that pick. Uh, I really liked the pull-up three he hit as well. He, he pulled up with some real confidence on that one. And those are the type of shots that he's going to have to hit because he needs to keep the defense honest with his drive. In order for him to do that, he's got to hit threes at at least an acceptable rate. It doesn't mean that he's got to be, you know, a 38% three-point shooter as a rookie. It just means that he's got to hit enough at a high enough level Uh, in order to keep defenses honest and and keep them up on him when he's out there on the three-point line. So seeing him do that, seeing him be efficient when he wasn't necessarily that in the Pistons um, in in their little inter-squad scrimmage, and he wasn't really that in Summer League either, I thought that was a great sign, especially against, you know, a New York Knicks team that really did beat up on the Pistons that was way more physical than they were. Um, we, We can get into some of that stuff later, but Let's, I mean, yeah, that, what else do you really have to say about Jaden Ivey last night? Other than that, he was exactly the type of player that you wanted him to be when you drafted him with the number five overall pick. I mean, his performance in its own right was really, really encouraging. But I think when, when you pair it with the Pistons turned the ball over 21 times, Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bay combined, for four of 20 shooting and seven turnovers. And you look at how a, a rookie comes in in his first, you know, albeit preseason game, but he comes in and he has a very efficient scoring game. He doesn't turn the ball over. He handles the basketball a lot when he's in the game. It just, it, it makes it stand out even more. And I really feel not that I was questioning that Jaden Ivey you know, deserve the starting shooting guard spot. I, I I said from, you know, the beginning, if you draft Jaden Ivey, you're drafting your starting shooting guard. This isn't a competition type thing where he has to earn it over Alec Burks or, or, or anyone else. Like you are drafting your starting guard. This is a kid that, you know, is ready and needs to be thrown into the fire. And, you know, yesterday, again, everything's in quotation marks because it's a preseason game, but, he, he really did look the part, even when the rest of these guys who this wasn't their first go around struggled and, and really never found themselves like he was in it from the beginning and played out till the end. 
I, I don't know how you felt about it. I feel like we were on the same page about this really from the beginning, but not that yesterday needed to happen, but any questions that I could have potentially had stirring in the back of my mind about Jaden Ivey being the starting two guard were completely quelled early on last night and only further uh, pushed back through his performance the rest of the way throughout the game. Well, Aaron, you could say, yeah, it's only preseason, but you also have to look at the opponent in this case. It's the New York Knicks. And they're coached by Tom Thibodeau. Uh, This is a team that has a lot of experience, a team that has some really physical players, and a team that is coached by a guy who does not care if it's preseason. He's going to have his players go out there, play physical, uh, and, and coach them really hard. So, yeah, you can make those qualifiers. Of course, like they're not starters aren't playing starters minutes in this case. But I think that if there's any preseason game you're going to buy into, one against a Tom Thibodeau coach team is one that you should look into a little bit because they're not messing around when they got come out there. And you saw it. I mean, the Pistons were playing it was like, like it was a preseason game. The Knicks were playing like it was a regular season game. And I think you saw the difference, especially in the turnovers, especially in the transition defense department. Uh, you know, I know we're talking about Jaden Ivey here, and that was a good thing about last night. But one thing I had a real issue with was the Pistons defense. It did not look good. And their transition defense especially was very worrisome for me. Uh, I think that the starting lineup we saw last night you know, Cade, Jaden Ivey, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart. That, to me, seems like that's going to be the starting lineup. And we've said that for, I mean, since they traded for Bogdanovich. Um, I worry about them against bigger, more physical teams this year. I think that the Knicks were are not a good matchup for them. I, either last night, obviously. But I think even in the regular season, that is going to be a, they're going to have a lot of trouble switching with Bogdanovich and Bay. If you have a team that has two legitimate interior threats, and especially one with guys that are, have athleticism like Obi Toppin and Mitchell Robinson, that to me, that screams that's going to be a problem. Like they're going to get killed by the Timberwolves this year. They're going to get absolutely slaughtered by them. I don't think they can match up with them very well. So, you know, that was just one thing I'm looking at last night that I, I really thought was a negative. The transition defense and their ability to switch. I am not sold with that starting lineup defensively whatsoever right now. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. Uh, this is a team that is destined to struggle against bigger lineups. I think it's exasperated by Isaiah Stewart as your five. I think that's part of the reason why we've heard so much talk about Isaiah Stewart transitioning over to being a four there's only so much he can do at you know six eight six nine albeit he's wide he's big he's strong there's only so much he's able to do in that regard and when he's flanked by Bogdanovich who you know isn't a defender isn't really a rebounder this is not a lineup that is is built to bang inside to defend the glass they're going to lose these types of battles and that will easily swing games away from them. We saw it yesterday. Mitchell Robinson and and Obi Toppin and Julius Randle, like they all had their way in the interior. Isaiah Hartenstein as well. Like 
the Pistons just were offering no protection down low. They did not rebound the ball well. Really, only one guy for them appeared to even be trying to rebound most of the game. Maybe mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey. But the only other guy that looked like he, he really cared about rebounding was the other rookie in Jalen Dern, who had 14 rebounds in you know his 24 minutes on the court. That's pretty damn good. And I know I had multiple people texting me last night saying, hmm, you know who this guy reminds me of? And it, it just it, it does remind you of Andre Drummond, the way he attacks the glass. He uses his size. He uses his athleticism. He uses his quickness and just bullies his way to the rim to get rebounds. But Detroit's defense certainly, certainly looked like an issue. I felt like it was going to be an issue this year. I didn't think you know bringing in a guy like Bogdanovich was certainly going to help it. Not that he is, you know, the black hole on defense that someone like Kelly Olynyk was last season, but he's certainly not some sort of defensive stopper. And when you're integrating him into a lineup that is also integrating a young rookie guard, as well as playing with an undersized center, it's just not going to be easy for it to work on that side of the floor. Uh, they're going to have to either eventually make some changes to that lineup or schematically they're going to have to really commit to gang rebounding and potentially losing out on some transition opportunities if yesterday is any indication of what the regular season will look like because they're just going to get absolutely slaughtered inside uh, all year the way the way it looked yesterday. Yeah, and I think this is a good opportunity for us to talk about two players in particular, one who played last night and one who didn't. Isaiah Stewart did play last night. He went two or four from the field. Three of those shots came from three. Um, You know, he set, he was, he played really well in the screen game. He had four screen assists. Pistons got 10 points off of those screen assists. You can already tell he's going to be a big part of both Cade and Jaden Ivey's growth, especially this year. He is going to be crucial in opening space for them at the rim. But also, I think last night, we saw what Nerland's Noel might really be needed to bring to this team, especially on the defensive end. And I think this is why Isaiah Stewart moving to the four, while I haven't been sold on it, I see why they feel like they have to do that. Because a game like last night, where you see the Pistons just get just get smoked, physically speaking, um, that's the type of game where you go, okay, fine. Instead of going Cade, Ivy, Bogdanovich, face Stewart, we will go big. And you play Stewart at the four, and you play Noel at the five, and that takes away a lot of the issues that they were dealing with, I think, last night. You know, you saw Obi Toppin just smoke Bogdanovich a couple times for easy dunks. Um, I think that, that playing actually a big lineup is something – that could be very feasible for this for this team, especially since Stewart and Noel are both pretty athletic and they can move pretty well uh, on the perimeter, especially. I think that that is something that you're going to have to see a little bit more. I didn't think I'd be talking about Nerlens Noel today after he didn't play, but I really see why they brought him in. And I think that people who are expecting him to kind of be like the, the odd man out in this center big man rotation, I think they're mistaken. I think last night really showed why they need him on this team and the type of role that they're going to need both him and Isaiah Stewart to play, not to mention Marvin Bagley. 
Absolutely. There's no shot that Noel is some end of bench guy with, with the roster configuration the way it is right now. And just looking in the Eastern Conference, there are so many teams that are, are going to have major size advantage against Detroit if they bring out that that current starting lineup. I mean, we obviously saw New York. You obviously think about Cleveland right away with the team uh, that they have specifically uh, with Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley up front. Like, I think the Pistons should be very, very open to the idea of using these different starting lineups, kind of um, molding them to fit the type of team that they're playing against. And I don't know if that means Bogdanovich comes off the bench or if Ivy comes off the bench. I feel like those are the first two names you look at. I think, you know, obviously Kate is going to be starting. Obviously Sadiq Bay is going to be starting, but you're going to have to show different looks at different teams. Otherwise, again, I know it's preseason, but yesterday's game still played out like it would in the regular season. The Pistons don't have the size and they're not coached well enough defensively to compete on the glass and interior and in the interior uh, against these, these type of bigger teams that have post scores that play with two, three, four bigs in their rotation. So I think that's something Detroit's going to definitely have to look at. I think that's why Nerlens Noel certainly has a role on this team. He might even be a starter on this team in some games. Maybe that transitions into Jalen Duran. Maybe it is Marvin Bagley. I don't know, but the Pistons are going to have to give some different looks uh, because yesterday was just very, very clear on, on where this team is going to struggle at the most this upcoming season. Yeah, man, they're, Look, their line, their their season win total line is at 29 games and a half right now. And uh, I think a lot of that is going to come down to, and <laughs> this is going to freak people out, it's going to come down to Dwayne Casey's coaching. Because this is a team that has talent, that does have pieces, but in order for them to win games, they're going to have to put those pieces in the right spot. And let's be real, that is something that Dwayne Casey – is not known for. He's known for getting the best out of his players, yes, but he's not known for his inventive rotations. He's not known for adjusting well on the fly. And I would not be surprised at all to see the Pistons lose a couple games that they should win this year because of his coaching style. Um, You know, we're talking about, hey, Stewart at the four, Noel at the five. Is that an adjustment Dwayne Casey would have made last night if, if Nerlens Noel was available to him? I don't know. I definitely think that that's something we have to consider going into this year because, you know, you see that starting lineup and you go, okay, cool. I get where this is going. Um, But there's so many different teams in the East, especially, and there's so many different roster constructions that Pistons simply, they don't have the overwhelming talent in order to just, you know, go against that and succeed. They're going to need to be put into the right positions. So one of my questions coming out of last night, a hundred percent, has to be with Dwayne Casey. Is he up to the task this year? I'm not sure, but it's a great opportunity to find out exactly what he can and can't do with this team and what that's going to mean for their ceiling moving forward. Do you have any any bright spots that that stand out to you from last night's game, whether it's a specific player, a specific lineup, a specific thing that, that happened throughout the game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's kind of disappointing that the guys you really want to talk about in like Cade and Sadiq Bey, 
those guys didn't play very well. Bogdanovich was fine. I mean, he's Bogdanovich. He's, he's a good player. Um, but he didn't do anything, like, particularly stand out. Uh, I thought one guy that looked really good, not just last night, but also in the Pistons' scrimmage against each other, was Killian Hayes. Uh, he went 5-13 of 13 from the field last night. Not, not an amazing shooting percentage, but let's be real. That's not what we necessarily expect from him. I think what was more important, though, was that he looked really confident with the ball in his hands, for the most part. Uh, he was not afraid to put up shots. He had a 5-2 to assist-to-turnover ratio. He played good defense. Aaron, are you buying into that at all? Do you think that these last two, of course, they're, you know, they're a scrimmage in a preseason game. Does it mean anything? I don't know. But I thought he looked really good. And, and the thing with Killian always has been, it's about his confidence, right? It's about the way he plays, not necessarily who he is as a player. Yeah, I'll be honest. I really don't put anything to do with the open practice. I didn't really watch it, to be honest with you. And it's just, it's a, it's a, you know, live scrimmage against your teammates where you're probably going 50 to 75% anyway. So I, I kind of don't really even look at that when talking about this. I will talk about last night. I think his first five possessions, I was figuring out how to get him off the team, potentially <laughs> work. Uh, I started with a couple uh, turnovers, a couple missed shots, and it was like, okay, year three Killian is actually worse than year two Killian. But he did end up playing better throughout the rest of the game. Uh, he had a couple really nice plays. He had the nice and one. Uh, finish. I think he had two of them actually, but he, he missed the free throw both times. He hit a corner three. Um, obviously, he moves the ball well. Like I, the one thing that I know I'm going to get when Killian Hayes is on the floor is he that ball is going to move. He's going to be looking for shooters. He's going to be trying to get guys to come up and set him screen so he can move the basketball. But if if the finishing can come along, you know, five of twelve yesterday for eleven points isn't great. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, write him off for that considering, you know, Cade was three of 12 and Sneak Bay was one of eight. Like it, it doesn't matter. It's the first preseason game. I like that he was aggressive. I like that he was hunting his shot. Um, I, I think he's a guy that before I really make any definitive, you know, definitive remarks where I'm like, oh, he's really improving. Uh, I need to see it consistently. I need to see Killian doing some of these things that he did last night, like him getting to the paint and, and finishing through contact, him being aggressive and even just shooting the basketball. Like those are very, very encouraging things, but he is going to have to be efficient while shooting. And he is going to have to be able to, to finish through contact and make free throws. I am encouraged by how he finished which he really finished the, the second through fourth quarter were a lot better than the first quarter. Um, I don't have any definitive like, oh, yeah, Killian's this is going to be his year. Like he's such a divisive topic uh, in the Pistons community. There are people that ride or die by him. There are also people that would, you know, rather watch Steve Blake than than Killian Hayes. No, I'm not me. Still trying to to understand both sides and, and be as open-minded with the fact that he has some very serious issues right now, but also take a look at the fact that 
he has shown some small improvement and there are some encouraging signs and it's not like there's a ton of backup point guard depth on this roster anyway, backup guard depth on this roster anyway, that's fighting him hard for these minutes, at least not until Alec Burks is back, which it sounds like he'll be back for the start of the season, but we really don't know. They said he'll be reevaluated um, in three weeks at the at media day. So we don't know if he will officially be back, but he hopefully should be. But in total, Killian Hayes, I, I'm kind of like just smack dab in the middle. I, there are people, again, that swear that he is going to have a major, major breakout year. And there are others that are convinced he doesn't belong in the NBA. I'm not swaying my opinion one way or the other based off a, uh, 20 minutes in a preseason game. I'm just going to continue to watch him, uh, you know, throughout the beginning of the season, and hopefully we see where he's at from there. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. Well, you know, I'll, I'll switch to another player that, for me, um, I don't even just think for me, I, I think in general amongst Pistons Pistons fans uh, is, is pretty popular, much more popular than Killian Hayes, probably not as popular as you, um, I mean, I swear, and you get at least one text or call every Dude, podcast. I can't believe so, it. It's so untimely because I, this phone like has rung like twice today. And it was at like, you know, 10 in the morning, 11 o'clock, like just like back to back. That's it. I come back here, sit down and right in the middle of talking, it goes off. I got the text at the beginning. You know, no one's ever hitting me up. So it makes no sense that people decide to text me right when I'm recording a podcast. Folks, and- don't listen to this. Aaron's Aaron has so many women calling his number every single day. It's it's exhausting. I don't know how he has time for us. Um, but another guy who puts his all into playing ball uh, is Isaiah Livers. I thought he played really well last night. He did a lot of things that I kind of expect Isaiah Livers to do at this point. He went three to seven from the floor, all from three, get two blocks, four rebounds. And for me, you know, now that Bogdanovich is in the fold, obviously he's the starter. Uh, but Isaiah Livers and to a lesser extent, Killian Hayes feel like to me, the two guys that could help solidify and kind of do it all for this bench unit this year. I think what Isaiah Livers brings to this team, and he showed a little bit of it last night, is just exactly what you need from a backup wing. It's a little bit of everything. He gives you a little bit of rim protection. He can rebound a little bit. He plays really good defense. He can shoot. He's just a pain in the ass to play against. And I think once they get Alec, Alec Burks back, um, they, you know they have Killian Hayes, they have Isaiah Livers, they have Marvin Bagley, uh, and, you know, we'll kind of see what happens with that five spot. Uh, you know, will it be Duran? Will it be Noel? How's that really going to play out? We don't quite know right at this moment. But I think the Pistons bench has a real opportunity to be one of not just the better units in the league, but one of the more frustrating units to play against in the league. They have a lot of pain in the ass factor, don't they? Like they seem like one of those benches that your starters come out and your bench goes in. And maybe the starters left down 10 and now they're coming back in and they're only down five, right? I am so glad that you brought up Isaiah Livers. 
this guy, I, it's going to be so hard to keep him off the court. This he, he There's not really a reason why he shouldn't play 30 minutes a night. Uh, he, he, he makes such an impact defensively. Uh, he is a very, very good rim protector for a, you know, six, eight forward that, that really isn't a rim protector. He is so good at rotating help side, covering up his teammates mistakes, putting himself, you know, straight up in a position to contest a shot. Uh, his shooting is going to burn teams in transition. Uh, just as a spot up guy, he is the perfect example of a very high end role player to me. He is a, Maybe not a super high ceiling raiser, but he is an absolute floor raiser the way that he plays just with by doing the the, the things that don't always get uh, put the spotlight on. I think the way that he plays is exactly the type of player that the Pistons need. They need more guys like Isaiah Livers, just guys that shoot shoot the ball so well and are committed defensively. They communicate. They move. They sacrifice. He is really, really exciting to me. I, I think he's the guy. Got to be one of the first guys off the bench for Detroit on a nightly basis. He is so, so good. I, I could continue to rave about him. I, I do think this bench unit has some intriguing pieces. It'll be even more intriguing for me once Alec Burks is back and they have a guy that can you know, really put the ball on the floor and be a, a, a scoring-type guard off the bench. I think him and Livers is really, really exciting. Uh, how Killian Hayes develops, if he can put together a, a, a better year three, I'm excited. I don't know if he gets minutes right away, but Jalen Dern's a guy that needs to be on the floor for me. If I were coaching this team, the way that he rebounds, the way that his size stands out for this team that doesn't have a ton of it for a second unit that doesn't have a ton of length either, I think he stands out to me. Uh, I'm really, really encouraged by by the fact that they have some of those guys in Livers and Duran and Burks. Other than that, I, you know, I'm concerned uh, with Marvin Bagley. I think you paid him $39 million and I need, and I want to see Jalen Duran. I want to see Isaiah Stewart. Now you have Bogdanovich. Again, like we talked about, Nerlens Noel is going to get minutes. If Marvin Bagley isn't spacing the floor for you. And again, he was 0 of 2 from beyond the arc last night and he's not helping you defensively. He also did not, you know, really re he, he was fine on the glass, but, he just wasn't great yesterday. And I think you have so many guys, so many bigs that are going to need minutes. You have Isaiah Stewart who could spend time at the four. You also have Isaiah Livers who could spend time at the four. Uh, that's a guy in Marvin Bagley who I'm sitting here now and I'm wondering, like, did the Pistons really need to bring him back if they have mm -hmm. all these guys that, that are ready for minutes? And it didn't help that they traded for Bogdanovich, who's now their starting four because it was just another guy to kind of clog up that area of the rotation. And I'm sitting here wondering where Marvin Bagley fits with this team when he doesn't really space the floor for them and he doesn't help them defensively. And he's now being paid $39 million over the next three years. No, you're right. Uh, I mean, it's something we said when they paid him that money. I was like, I, three years and 13 million a year just, Seems like too much for a guy that I don't see as a starter on this team. And frankly, 
I'm having a hard time seeing where he even fits as a backup because look, he makes impact plays with his scoring. Don't get me wrong. As a lob threat, he's crucial to their, what they're doing offensively, but you know what you can, they have other lob threats. They have Nerlens Noel. That guy can still jump and he actually plays defense and then, you know, say, okay, fine. We'll move Bagley to the four. Well, Isaiah Livers makes more impact at the four than Marvin Bagley does. So I, me, I'm looking at that and I'm really wondering where he fits in because you have somebody in Isaiah Stewart who does the defensive stuff better. You have somebody in Isaiah Livers who just, just makes plays, just makes plays. That's all he does. Uh, he's a better rim protector than Bagley. He's like three inches shorter. Where the hell's that coming from? So for me, yeah, I'm having a hard time seeing where Marvin Bagley, I mean, once everybody's healthy, and especially once Jalen Duran starts coming on, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really know if Marvin Bagley's a guy I want to have on the floor all that often. Um, last thing I will. I really have to say. You know, you touched on Jalen Duran a little bit earlier. You said you know young Andre Drummond. I don't hate that comparison. For me, I see more of like a like a Bam Adebayo type of career for him. Not exactly Bam Adebayo. Hey. Bam's an All NBA hey. player. But, hey, I'm saying poor man's Bam Adebayo, I think, is absolutely a, a very much in the in the cards for him. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I think he is such a naturally gifted passer. He didn't have any assists last night, but you see him trying to move the ball all the time. And I really love seeing that in conjunction with the effort plays that he was making, especially on the glass. I mean, heck, 14 rebounds in 24 minutes. That's nothing to sneeze at. So... If he can be a guy that can, you know, uh, again, just like Bam, he has that mid-range game in his arsenal. So I, I think if he develops that further, if he can refine his passing even further and keep up with all those hustle plays that he puts out there, boy, I have a lot of hopes for this guy. You see why Troy Weaver thought about taking him number five overall, right? And that is how we react to one single preseason game, folks. That was 40 minutes of all the possible takes in the world over one preseason game where the starters played about 20 minutes apiece. But are you happy now? Are you excited? Because this is what the, the next, what, six, seven, eight months look like? Us chopping it up about actual basketball games, about a playing basketball. I am so, so excited to finally be back talking about actual game performance type stuff and more of it's coming the pistons play again on friday in what should hopefully be a great game against zion williamson and the pelicans like we got blessed with that one folks praying that zion actually suits up uh, i i don't think he, he I, I think he will because obviously they played uh on tuesday so having you know three days off or whatever in between like Hopefully he plays. I'm very, very excited for that game. The Pistons play their next game again on Friday against the Pelicans. But with that, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Jasper and I will be back next week with Mike Anglana. We're holding him to it. The, the trio will be back for next week. We'll have more preseason stuff to discuss, and we'll see what other storylines pop up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This edition of the podcast was brought to you by Believe and Bet Online. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.